Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, Wacky Bruce. Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. Do you ever hate it when you feel like you had a window to ask somebody to elaborate on something, to ask them what they meant by something, but it's too late? You're too far gone. You pulled an Andy Dwyer, who famously said at one point that he doesn't know who Al Gore is. And at this point, he's too afraid to ask. Perhaps you've reached that point with something that you heard on a podcast. Perhaps you reached this point with something you heard on a football podcast. I'll go one step further. Perhaps you've reached this point with something you heard on on an episode of the Bruce Exclusive. But fear not, the summer of elaboration continues. One of the things that I have made a concerted effort to do this offseason is I wanted to elaborate on some phrases, some words, some idioms, some Bruceisms that you've heard over the last couple of years so that I can make sure everybody was caught up. And that's really important. We did it with traits versus skills. That was a big part of this. We elaborated on traits give you options, which is a Bruceism. And now we're going to go through two other things that I have an opportunity to elaborate on this offseason that are things you have heard me say before. And perhaps you already know exactly what I'm going to say, in which case this podcast might not be for you. But... It's important that the minutia does not get lost in the vernacular. So the two things that I want to talk about a little bit today, and I have no idea how long this podcast is going to go. It could end up being a 13 minute podcast because I just get through all my notes real fast. But the two things that I want to talk about today are two things you've heard me say in the past. The first one is that there is an element of rock, paper, scissors to offensive and defensive play calling. I have said this many times. I think the first time I said this was on an episode of the Nick and Nolan show in 2018. And I have never actually dug into what I mean by the phrase, there is an element of rock, paper, scissors to play calling in the NFL. The second thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about my continual push for the Buffalo Bills to acquire a more gifted cornerback too, so that it allows you to quote, do more on defense. What do I mean by that? What do I mean? Do more on defense. What do I mean? Do more on defense. What do I mean? Rock, paper, scissors, and an element of when it comes to play calling in the NFL, we're going to dive into them right now. Let's start with rock, paper, scissors. So it's important that words have meanings, and that we always make sure we use the right ones for the right occasion. When I say that there is an element of rock, paper, scissors, do not mistake that for play calling as rock, paper, scissors. 
When you play rock, paper, scissors, rock always beats scissors, which always beats paper, which always beats rock. When I say there is an element of rock, paper, scissors, I am specifically referring to coverage concepts and route concepts as they work together. Fronts as it relates to specific run designs and so on and so forth. It doesn't make it impossible. It makes it more difficult. It doesn't make it a sure thing. It makes it easier. So when I say an element of rock, paper, scissors, I do not mean it is rock, paper, scissors. There is an element. There is a factor built in to the success or failure of this play that is based on the defensive call versus the offensive call. And there is a built-in adjustment that goes along with success based entirely on play call. Part of it is play call. Now, we talked about on the Traits versus Options podcast, we talked about how having a quarterback who can rise above the X's and O's is so important because it lessens the rock, paper, scissors part of play calling. But I'm going to give you an example, three examples exactly, of what I mean when I say rock, paper, scissors elements to play calling. And I'm going to do that using just basic coverages and basic route concepts on a fundamental, simplistic level. If the defense plays cover one, you have a single high safety who is responsible for the middle of the field. The middle of the field is closed and you're playing man coverage underneath. One of the concepts that an offense can run that is particularly successful. In fact, a study was done not too long ago that it made the most sense to call a specific concept against cover one. And that is a drive concept. Now a drive concept is a two-man concept. So you have two receivers who are running out into routes. Now, it doesn't have to be just those two, but it's part of a combination where the inside receiver is going to run a dig and the outside receiver is going to run a cross. What is a dig? A dig looks like an inverted L. It is straight down the field and then in. And then the outside receiver runs a crossing pattern. A drag, you might call it. Those things are designed to put that safety in conflict because both a dig and a cross allow people to run away from man coverage, which you know you have underneath when you have cover one. So that safety now has a decision to make. He can help on the dig or he can help on the cross because he's probably going to try and slice one of those routes because neither one of them are vertical. He's probably going to try and cut one. If there's a vertical opposite on the opposite side of the formation, he might hang back. But it's going to put those players in conflict. Because underneath, you have people who are literally running away from their man coverage. And it's really hard to just chase someone down in the NFL. Really hard. Just chase them down from behind. Stay with them the whole time. Because remember, the longer you have to stay in coverage, the lower percent probability you're going to be able to hang with them. Asking someone to hang with a player in coverage for six seconds is really hard, no matter how good of a corner you are. And both dig and crossing routes, drags, are longer developing routes, which means 
you have given now the wide receiver an opportunity to run away from their coverage. And you only have one safety you can help. He's got to pick one of them. He can either slice down on top of the crossing route. He can stay home and try and cut off the dig. But either way, it's a good route concept to run against cover one. Now, if you're running a different defensive coverage, if you are running primarily zone, you are running something like a traditional cover two, perhaps, where you can pass off those crossing routes and those digs, the benefit that you're getting from having longer development routes where you can run away from man coverage is no longer there. The idea that you're putting a single safety in conflict is no longer there because there is no single safety who has to make a call. It is more likely to be successful if all talent is equal against one coverage versus the other. And that's what I mean right there. When I say an element of rock, paper, scissors, it means that if all talent is equal across the board, you will see an increase in success probability by running rock against scissors. You're not guaranteed to the way that a typical game of rock, paper, scissors works. You're not guaranteed to get a W. You are simply more likely to get a W. Hence the element of rock, paper, scissors, not rock, paper, scissors. I'll give you another example. The defense plays cover two. You have two safeties back. You have five underneath. Two deep, five underneath. Have you ever heard the phrase honey hole before? Typically what you'll see here is you'll see a go flat combination. Again, two man concept. You have an inside receiver run out to the flat. You have the outside receiver run a go. You are putting that defender in conflict. Do I drop back and cover the vertical route for a little bit more and give up the flat underneath? Do I drive on the flat route underneath and open that hole that the quarterback can throw in provided he has the appropriate arm strength to be able to hit that honey hole in the window that I just opened by driving on that flat route. If you have a quarterback who's not capable of hitting a honey hole shot, you don't have to worry about them throwing the rock to your scissors. You can just keep throwing for scissors. This is exactly what we talked about when we talked about traits give you options. This is an example. You play cover two, offense runs a go flat, they have a honey hole spot, they're putting a defender in conflict. You have to make the right decision. If that defender drives on the flat concept, you have the honey hole shot. If you have the arm talent and you don't get fooled by the defender, who knows? It's in zone coverage. Remember, the corner is staring at the quarterback. That matters. But again, an element of rock, paper, scissors. Let's do a third one. Now the defense is playing cover three. Cover three. So instead of two deep, five across... You are now three deep, four across. Well, now the offensive masterminds that we are, we're running sale concept. A sale concept is a three-level situation. You might have two receivers. One of them runs a a go route. The second receiver runs an out route, or they're crossing from the other side, but they're ending up in the intermediate level of the field toward the sideline. And then you might have a back out of the backfield running out into the flat. Again, you are putting defenders in conflict. You are putting 
a three-on-two situation. In cover three, against the sale concept, you are very likely going to end up with two defenders trying to cover an area that is being passed through by three receivers. It's all about getting numbers advantage. Three-on-two, four-on-three. In the last example, it was a simple drive or drop scenario for the corner. But it was two guys in the area with one defender. And it created a binary for the defender. So again, you're trying to create what? A two-on-one. Now you're trying to create a three-on-two by running this sale concept into cover three. This is why tendencies matter so much. This is why tendency breakers matter so much. We're going to get into this later. Because if I know as an offensive coordinator that you really like to run cover three on second and long, I'm going to really like to run sale concept that game on second and long. What do you think offensive quality control coaches do? Well, they do a lot of things. The truth is that. They do a lot of things. But this is one of the things they can help do. Scouting tendencies. Reporting them back. This is what they like to do on these specific downs. Why would I even care about that if there wasn't an element of rock, paper, scissors? If I didn't want to call the thing that would be more likely to be successful against the thing that they're calling. This is the element of rock, paper, scissors that I mean. Keep that in mind. Stick with me. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. We talked about the element of rock, paper, scissors that comes with offensive and defensive play calling. And I use some fairly simplistic examples as far as why that matters. We are going to expound on that when we talk about CB2. One of the things that I've been talking about over the last couple of years is that the addition of a more gifted CB2 would allow the Buffalo Bills to, quote, do more on defense. But what does that even mean? Well, I mentioned that the offense is always trying to change the math upwards. Always. They want to get four on three, three on two. If they can't get a numbers advantage, they'd much rather have you play 11 on 11 than 11 on 10. It's one of the reasons why the quarterback run game matters so much. Is if the quarterback is a threat to run, the defense is forced to play 11 on 11, not 11 on 10. If the quarterback is no threat to run, they are essentially playing 11 on 10 because they can ignore the quarterback. A lot of football is about numbers. It's about numbers in space. So, a good corner allows the remainder of coverage to have better numbers. If you have a certain amount of people out in the route as an offense, let's say it's four. You have four people out in the route. If you have four people out in the route and the defense brings four rushers, that means you have seven defenders for four receivers. That's good for the defense. They want that. They want to have seven people in coverage to cover your four receivers. Well, so well, then what you would do as an offense is you go, okay, well, I want to try to isolate some things. I want to go three by one and I want to have a, a player who's really good as my ISO player. Players who are playing opposite on trip side. A really dominant 
ISO X receiver. And that means that the safety will have to stay over the top. They won't be able to just leave that corner on an island over there. They'll have to give him safety help. If that corner is good enough that you don't have to get safety help over there, then that brings that safety who was previously now required to help out that corner. He brings them over to help with the trip side. It changes the math. If you have your best receiver on the front side of trips, if you're the Los Angeles Rams and you have Cooper Cup in your trips formation, and then you have Odell Beckham as your ISO receiver, that creates problems because you think, well, Odell Beckham's a a challenge to cover. We need to leave that safety over there. We can't just leave that corner out there on an island. But the best player is inside the trips, and that's Cooper Cup. So you only have one safety left to help with that. So it creates issues when you don't have good corners because the offense can control numbers and spacing based upon their formations. If you have a corner who's good enough, it allows the offense to not dictate those numbers to you. Predictability is a death knell for offense. And if they know that you can or cannot do certain things in coverage, well, I know they're not going to leave Levi Wallace on Odell Beckham. Let's use the exact examples I'm using. Let's use the Rams versus the Bills. The Rams in 2021 versus the Bills in 2021. You're not going to leave Levi Wallace on Odell Beckham, are you? No, of course not. Well, we'll just have Trey White follow Odell Beckham. Okay, that's great. Now you're going to have Levi Wallace over on the Cooper Cup side. Do you want to do that too? Either way, you're in trouble. But if you have a corner that you feel comfortable being able to handle Odell Beckham, you don't have to roll that safety over top. Now, all of a sudden, you can keep your two safeties rolling over top of trips, which again, helps the math. So that matters. This is the thing I'm talking about when I talk about how CB2 allows you to do more. Because it doesn't lay into the predictability. A lot of times, what I just mentioned before about cover one, cover two, cover three, some route concepts that beat them, you are forced into certain coverages because of the limitations of your personnel. Well, they can't do these things. So I'm forced to run less of these things and more of these other things. Okay, great. Well, if that is the case then now I know as an offensive coordinator, it's going to be easier to hit the rock to your scissors because I know you can only throw scissors or you can only throw scissors and paper. If you can only throw scissors and paper, and I know that, my odds of victory just went up because now I have a 50-50 shot at beating you, not a 33-33-33 shot at beating you. That's why it matters. That's why CB2 matters. In the exact example I used, would you feel comfortable with Kair Elam defending Odell Beckham? I don't know. Depends on how he does. But I'll bet you feel more comfortable than having that happen versus Levi Wallace covering Odell Beckham, especially isolated on the backside without safety help, where there is no let's stay leveraged in coverage. No, it's now you got to be sticky in press man to a dynamic wide receiver. It changes it predictability will get you killed. 
The teams with the highest differential of blitzing between first and second down and third and fourth down were the Lions and the Jets. Both of them had terrible defenses. Why? Because the offense knew what you were going to do. They knew that on first and second down, you were either really likely or really unlikely to blitz. And on third and fourth down, you were likely to do the opposite. One of the reasons why teams have to do that is they don't have the personnel. When you don't have the personnel, it restricts your options. When it restricts your options, it makes you more predictable. When you are more predictable, now you are more likely to get hit by the rock to your scissors. So these two things that initially may have appeared to be disparate points are actually connected. I hope you feel like I elaborated appropriately. I hope you feel better about those two phrases that you're going to hear me use quite a bit if you're a new listener to the podcast. Because if you're an experienced listener to the podcast, you've already heard me say that a million times. But now you'll have a better understanding of what exactly it is I actually mean. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumblings. <laughs>